Three, two, one. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Waffle Press Hangouts. Although now we're, we're going to try out a new thing. We're going to do the, the Monday morning movie show or Sunday morning movie show. It'll be one of those morning movie shows. We're, we're going to do this at the beginning of every week. So it's either Sunday or Monday, depending on what else, what else we have coming out during the week. Um, we will introduce the week with a new topic like, like we do on the Hangouts. This will just be us recording in the early morning and totally not in the afternoon just to upload early the following morning. I'm your host, Diego Crespo. With me today is my co-host, Universa. Hello, I'm also here from my screen talking to you. Yeah, yeah, oh, lot, lots of uh, lots of screen hangouts, which is fine. Yeah. It's fun, you know. I miss the outdoors, but this is safer. And uh, definitely yeah. won't be going into a theater to see Tenet because I'm not Tom Cruise and Invincible. And because <laughs> we are still in the middle of a pandemic. So this episode... As you've noticed from the title, I'm sure Gene and I will be discussing our favorite or at least favorite to favorite Christopher Nolan film. So this is the big ranked list that we haven't really done in a while on this podcast. But we also want to, you know, say that we are very excited for Tenet. I think it's safe to say it was our most anticipated of the year. Right, Gene? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. And some uh, some parallel universe probably watching it safely. Yeah, safely. That's that's the key word there. And it is not safe to do so in the United States at the very least yet. So we might check it out at a drive-in theater. We'll wave to each other from our cars if that happens. But uh, we won't be doing it in a theater. And quite frankly, are encouraging a lot of you out there not to either because it's not safe. So without further ado, let's just get into the list. This is top 10 Christopher Nolan films. Least favorite to favorite. Gene and I will both list off our number 10. And then one of us will talk about it. And then nine, one of us will talk about it, et cetera, vice versa, yada, yada, yada. We're going to make it up as we go, and we're going to list off um, or read out some of the tweet responses we got uh, because I asked people what their favorite and least favorite Christopher Nolan films were. And uh, also on Instagram, which we got one response there. So (laughs) thank you, (laughs) Gotina. But my number 10 is following. Gene, what is your number 10? Uh, I would go with um, the, uh, darn it, uh, Insomnia. I forgot the title for like one second. Yeah, I would probably go with Insomnia. Do you want to talk um, about that? Because want I know to elaborate? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so one of us will elaborate on our picks. So you will go this time. I'll go for the next one. We'll hop back and forth like that. So uh, why, why is Insomnia your, your least favorite? Oh, I mean, he doesn't write the script in that movie. It feels very uh, much a director for hire job. There's certainly a lot of like interesting performances by Al Pacino, Rob Williams, Hillary Swank. But yeah, just it doesn't really feel like a Nolan movie, I would say. And then uh, yeah, it's just like uh, just all these. Uh, you know, for that for that DVD, he does like commentary for it. It's so many like things that we don't see in his movie because <laughs> he doesn't like commentaries. Yeah. So it's just, it feels very, uh, it feels like a Spartacus. <laughs> I've never heard it put that way. Sam Kubrick hated Spartacus, you know? Mm-hmm. Doesn't really feel like a Kubrick movie. Some people don't include it, so yeah, that's my comparison. Uh, I, I, I like Insomnia. Um, I rewatched it recently in preparation for this, and I will say, you're you're probably not like... Like everything you said, I think I agree with, 
I think, and this is the problem I'm realizing I had with a lot of Nolan stuff, if he had met Hoyt Van Hoytema like two decades prior, I think Insomnia would be like a classic because yeah. all of his work with Hoyt Van Hoytema so far has been like legendary and like just visually, I think it's best stuff uh, ever. Yeah. But uh, number nine, let's, let's move there. My number nine is Interstellar. And what about you, Gene? Uh, I would go with uh, fall, uh, Falling. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, okay, I guess I'll, I'll talk about Interstellar and I'll bounce yeah. it back to you. But uh, Interstellar, I really like, and it, like I was just hyping up Van Hoytema, this is his first collaboration with Christopher Nolan. Uh, I think Hans Zimmer's best score of his career. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe McConaughey's best performance, one of Anne Hathaway's best performances. Uh, really remarkable science fiction visuals. Uh, I'm actually on board with like the the empathy and like the the love like is the one constant in the universe story in the film. Mm-hmm. I think the ending sinks the movie. Yeah, and then rewatching it, mm-hmm. it just I just think that it, it really does kind of it feels misguided. I think it either needed to be longer or not have that ending. Longer to expound upon that ending or shorter to avoid the ending. But um, I don't hate it. Yeah. It just, it doesn't it's come there. together for me. Yeah, I was going to say, it has uh, such a dull end shot, like the last shot of the movie. So dull. He's just on the planet, and then it just ends. I thought, this, the, uh, I thought the last shot was the opening of the cargo bay to the stars, right? No, I, I want, I'm pretty certain, you know, I could have a Mandela effect right now. And uh, watch both of us be wrong and be something else. Yeah, I think it's just Anne Hathaway just on the planet. Okay, I mean, either way, the ending doesn't Yeah, it doesn't work. Doesn't work <laughs> yeah. He's a pretty bad father in that movie. <laughs> I mean, it, it, the film is, like, about that, though. You know, about, yeah. like, the guilt of that. So, like, I'm, I'm totally cool with, like, all of that. It's just the way it explores it. I think it drops the ball by the end, which is a, yeah. a bummer because I, I would honestly say a lot of Nolan stuff, like the scripts are tight, but the ideas are very broad and messy a lot of the times. And that's not something I'm really criticizing for. I like it. Um, but Interstellar is the one where it, it just doesn't come together for yeah. me. Um, but uh, what, what about your number eight? Let's just go to number eight. I don't want to spend sure. too long on each one of these. I would go with uh, The Dark Knight Rises. Okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It is. Uh, My number eight is Insomnia. But uh, why is Dark Knight Rises so low on your list? (laughs) There's a lot of, uh, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of that movie I actually enjoy, but it's kind of, uh, you know, and and I don't want to say something stupid like, uh, oh, how does Batman get back to Gotham? Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking dumb. Yeah, he's bad man. <laughs> like, yeah, that's exactly. How. That's, that's the reason. To, I'm sorry. Like, if uh, someone says that to me, I'll just tell them you're fucking dumb and walk away. <laughs> to my face. No, just tell them like he's Batman. We've yeah, seen how he does probably. all this stuff. You don't need to follow that journey. That's not important to the narrative of the film. Um, but sorry, go <laughs> yeah, ahead. That but... that is a dumb complaint. I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> But uh, yeah, Dark Knight Rises just feels so awkward and uh, meandering in a lot of uh, the movie. The uh, uh, it's kind of like um, you know I don't want to like get on another tangent, but like kind of like 
the the Dark Knight Returns and how uh, they adapted in BVS, you know? Like, they try to adapt Dark Knight Returns, but then not really. Where it's, like, older Batman, but then it's like, no, he's in, he's in like, his, like, he's, like, 42. You know, he's, like, 39. And it's, like, he's old, but not really that old. He has, like, great dimples because of stress. I don't know. And it's just really weird how they try to put Nightfall, Dark Knight Rises, and I guess No Man's Land in there. Um, like, adapt that and then make it also uh, a tale of two cities as well um and yeah just the uh yeah it's just like there's so much to be uh to to like want in that movie because that final fight with Bane, <laughs> you know it's like that that should be cool it's like this epic uh struggle for the soul of gotham but they're just kind of i don't know it's like it they're just slugging it out they're not you know not really doing too much it doesn't really feel you know quote-unquote epic like on paper it certainly does but like it just looks really rushed and everything and yeah it just kind of disappoints sometimes but yeah i'm i'm actually shocked uh i'll i'll reserve my my comments i guess a little bit more but um i i I really disagree. I think it, it's very epic and is also the messiest of the yeah. trilogy and not always in a positive way like I was just talking about <laughs> a minute ago. Yeah. Um, the romance is not Nolan's strong suit. I think there's oh, a no. lot of running jokes about him writing women in films yeah. and it's kind of hard to disagree with them. <laughs> a lot well, of the time, like, I find Anne Hathaway actually very compelling. In yeah, this I was, I was going to say, like, she does a lot with Catwoman, but like, that weird romance with like Talia is just uh, you know, it's like it's like uh, you know, I don't know, it's kind of like that sand complaint for Attack of the Clones. Where she's like, uh, yeah, <laughs> Nolan, Nolan, I don't think can do sexy. I don't. No, can't. and that's that's fine. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah, Everyone I mean, yeah, you has different things going. You don't for need them. to be sexy for sure, but yeah, just with yeah, with that subplot, it certainly would have been helped. Yeah. Um. I mean, like, because then there's, like, the idea that, like, you know, because it was all fake, you know, the romance was fake, because she was like, oh, I'm Talia al Ghul, surprise, and then anyone who's ever read a comic, like, saw it coming a mile away, but that's yeah. okay, I, I think the, that idea works in the film, the execution is a little weird, and her, her death scene is, like, notoriously, like, it, it's it might be the worst scene no one's ever done, I'm sorry, it's, yeah. that one's, like, genuinely, like, ooh, that, that you left that in there, that's the take? Yeah, that reminds me uh, kind of of Endgame with Tony's death scene. They're all kind of like, oh no, I other. would say that I would say Endgame's is worse because that yeah. one had ten years of build up, and that's what they delivered us. But sorry, sorry, we're you're right. Tangents, no, no, no. Um, I want to read off some of the responses we got, and then we'll go to our number seven. All right. Read so, away. um, from Richard Newby, friend of the show. Uh, his rank is Inception, The Dark Knight, Interstellar, Prestige. Dark Knight Rises, Memento, Dunkirk, Batman Begins, Insomnia, and then Following. Now that was from um, best to worst. So uh, for the yeah. rest of these, I'm just going to do like a, a couple, not, not, yeah. not all of them. Um, there were so many. Yeah, thank you for everyone who responded because we got a lot of responses. <laughs> uh, Marcelo J. Pico, all, his top five, I'll say, uh, from best to worst, Inception, Memento, The Dark Knight, Dunkirk, and Dark Knight Rises. 
So take that, Gene. <laughs> um, moving on to our, uh, our number seven. Uh, what is your number seven, Gene? My number seven would be Interstellar. All right. My number seven is The Prestige. Mm. Um, I want to make it clear that from this point on, I basically do love all of these. Yeah. Uh, and this is probably Nolan's most Nolan film. Like, if you look at, like, what the film is, like, literally having the characters explain, it's his whole, like, ethos of filmmaking. You know, like, the magic tricks he's pulling on the audience and what he wants to achieve through them. I, I think this is, like, his, uh, kind of like his thesis statement movie. It's not my favorite, and I, I just happen to love the other stuff more. Um, but it also has David Bowie as... Uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's Nikola Tesla. Yeah, terrific casting. Yeah, like that might make it objectively the best one. It's just not my favorite. <laughs> yeah, D David Bowie makes everything better. Yeah, R.I.P. Uh, King. R.I.P. Made Blade yeah. Runner twenty forty nine. <laughs> that's better. like the one thing I'd want to use uh, the face swap app for. <laughs> yeah. Why hasn't someone done that? Like, why hasn't some someone done like something legitimately good with a? Uh, face swap app they just do cringy bullshit i know i know i know um all right should we move on to number six then yeah all right number six my number six is memento mm. it's uh interesting um i'll go with uh dunkirk Ooh, okay yeah uh you want to talk about that a little bit oh yeah i mean yeah i don't like uh you know, um, don't want to say I dislike Dunkirk, but um, that, uh, yeah, the, um, you know, it's certainly great to see in the theater. You know, that was his last movie released. Um, and yeah, I, I like it, but yeah, it could just be a little confusing at times with uh, the fractured timeline there. And, uh, you yeah, know, it's just a little, a little short for me too, revisiting that. Yeah, but it is short a bad thing. Um, for that, um, yeah, I mean, I would have liked to get, I mean, I guess, I mean, I guess that was, uh, like, just calling someone, like, ferryman or sailor, whatever. But, yeah, sometimes I just kind of wish I got to know more of the characters more. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I, I would argue that it's not a character-driven movie, you know? Right. It's, it's, it's something, like, elemental, Yeah. you know? Like, it, it's much yeah. more interested in, like, the, well, the techniques and, like, the atmosphere. Well, I'm not, I'm not saying, like, give me a whole biography, but just, uh, you know, just something. Um, yeah, something to satisfy me. I guess I, I definitely disagree. Um, number five, then? To move number yeah. five? Yeah, right. right. My number five is Dark Knight Rises. Hmm. What is your number five? <laughs> Batman Begins. Oh, oh, we're going to start fighting now. Okay, yeah. um... Dark Knight Rises is a terrific film. I think it's one of the great trilogy cappers. Uh, it's way too messy by the end a little bit in the climactic fight. Um, I love that Bane and the film. I think the Dark Knight trilogy ages terribly without this film because of the idea that Batman has used like unsanctioned military-grade technology <laughs> in his first two films yeah. and, and like basically taking the law into his own hands, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, him and Commissioner Gordon had uh, basically become judge and jury of all of Gotham. Mm -hmm. 
I was gonna say and, uh, they, oh, they became Bush and, Cheney, Bush and Cheney. I mean, they, they kind of do, right? Like, I mean, obviously, uh, check out the full Batman retrospective for like my full thoughts on the whole film because yeah. there's actually a lot going on thematically in this. I think right, that's not right. discussed a lot, but um, I think without this film, that that does cast like a shadow over those first two, and this one's like, oh, like these symbols have power and they can't just rely on one person. Like it's literally about Batman giving his own symbol to the people who need it most. He cannot be that determining factor. And so I just like that, all the complaints I have about the movie completely wash away because I think it totally nails that. And uh, I'm not a Wally Fister fan, really like going back and looking at all this. I think when, once he's met Hoy Ben Hoytema, there's just no comparison. But yeah. like um, this, well, this is his uh, best work. It looks good here. Right. Yeah, definitely. He gives us uh, transcendence. Oh, we don't. We don't. Talk. I just feel bad. I don't want to drag the guy. Can't drag him. He did the tick. <laughs> oh, okay. The tick. Yeah, he oh, does some what of a comeback. I heard that's yeah, good. Yeah. I haven't seen that. I know me neither. It's one of those ones where I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'll get to it. Sorry, <laughs> everyone <laughs> who's recommended the tick. <laughs> um. All right, a couple more responses, and then we'll move on to four, three, and two. At Movie Kale, Inception, The Dark Knight, Memento, Dunkirk, and Batman Begins. That's, again, in order from one to five. Uh, at Logan Kenny, Memento, The Prestige, Batman Begins, The Dark Knight, Interstellar. Uh, at Film Buff, working on a rewatch as we speak, but this is where I'm at for now. We'll probably post an update in a week or so. The Dark Knight, Interstellar, The Dark Knight Rises, and The Prestige. And uh, I'll do one more from at Good Hunter Abbey. The Prestige, Dunkirk, Interstellar, Inception, and The Dark Knight. And now, Gene, you're number four. Uh, go with The Prestige. Nice. Yeah. My number four is Dunkirk. But what do you think about The Prestige? Yeah, The uh, Prestige is, I don't know, kind of an underrated film. Sometimes it's kind of snuck in there. I didn't see it when it came out on the scene. Discovered it through rent, rental. And uh, the, uh, you know, uh, just the, it came out at the same time as that movie, like The Illusionist. I'm not sure if you remember that. I do remember that. <laughs> so it just kind of, yeah, just, I just remember those two movies. But yeah, the prestige actually people uh, remember. And uh, yeah, it just has so many like unusual uh, things in this film. Um in his film that you don't see in other films, excuse me. And um, yeah, all, all you, everything you said about the magician's tricks that adds such a dimension, but yeah, just all the just unexpected actors like Andy Serkis and David Bowie. Uh, yeah, add a lot to that movie. Rebecca Hall, Ooh, it's, uh, has some new, a lot of nuance to it. Wish I got to elaborate on Batman Begins more, but. <laughs> oh, sorry. More to say about the prestige. But Batman oh, yeah. Begins, I will say, really did such a uh, service to that property. And even though, like, uh, I'll just, like, <laughs> go into a Batman Begins appreciate. It gets yeah, so yeah much, go ahead. I'm, I'm going to uh, get there eventually. It gets so much right about the character that was kind of missing in the Burn movies and Schumacher. Not to say those are bad, but, yeah, just uh, things that I wanted to see in a Batman movie. Just they finally did it, and I felt so happy seeing that. Like his, you know, backstory and training, certainly his morality. Yeah, really like that. Batman yeah. begins. Yeah, you know, we we've had various disagreements and uh, fun fun disagreements and fun conversations 
about like whether or not the adaptation of Batman, what ways to go and like yada, 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 right? But yeah. I think it's safe to say like the stuff you're bringing up, what Batman Begins does, we could both agree. It's just like, yeah, you know, the stuff that we recognize as the character, it did right. them. Right. <laughs> Whereas yeah. other ones, not so much. They just kind of took like the cape stuff yeah. and then made their own story. And, you know, like we, we've, we've said lots of positive things about other iterations too, but there's a reason why this became like the Batman series for a lot of people. Right. Well, I was also going to say too, it's such an interesting idea to like it, um, to have, it's like, what if Batman was real? You know, because like the whole thing of that character, well, you know, I guess he's the most realistic character, some people say, but really he's unrealistic. Um, yeah. Um, but the whole point of Batman is he's not real and he can do all this stuff. But yeah, just to see like if he was real, it's like if you want to think about it logically and adding this ascension to belief, how would he do this? Because I'm not sure if you ever heard of this one comic. It was called Batman Earth One. <laughs> No, no. What's by that Jeff one? Johns, who uh, has certainly a lot of problems to him lately, which is uh, another discussion. But the whole idea is just basically Batman Begins. But it's like, if Batman was real, it's like, yeah, he would suck. Like he would just be terrible. And it's like, well, okay, like it's not really like compelling or like it's kind of I don't really want to read this. <laughs> it's not very good. See, I think that's a compelling idea, but don't do that with Batman because at that yeah. point it stops being Batman. Yeah. That's, you know, like just, yeah, exactly. just do it with another fictional character. Make something else up. You know, that's cool too. Yeah. 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 So don't read Batman Earth One. It's just terrible. <laughs> <laughs> terrible. All right. um, and uh, no disrespect to the great Jim Lee, but I will also say I disagree with him because recently I think he said like, oh, you know, Batman's an underdog. And it's like, Oh, yeah, when he's exactly. fighting against like a god, maybe, yeah, but like, right? I, no, yeah, <laughs> he's, he's a billionaire. Yeah, no I one's think, an uh, underdog if they're a billionaire. Yeah, I needed to add it a lot more context. Context. Yeah, yeah. Things. You know, his heart's in the right place. I don't want to. I just your, your comments reminded me of that. I heard that this week, and I was like, hmm, that's a little silly. But uh, all right, that was our number fours, right? Yeah. Okay, number three, the Dark Knight. Mm. and your number three is all right yeah number three would be memento well, since we're a little closer to the end game already i think we could both kind of chime in on our stuff right now uh sure. so why memento and then i'll talk a little bit about dark knight because i imagine that's going to come up again very soon <laughs> yeah of course yeah memento i feel is um such a unique film of his and just a unique film in general in story and structure and it really works backwards and forwards which I guess, hey, we'll see with Tenet. Who knows? <laughs> Whenever we fucking see that. But uh, yeah, Memento is such a uh, well-written movie. All the thing, all the aspects of this filmmaking that you really enjoy, you start to see here. Um, and it's you know it's so well crafted, and um, can't get enough of Joe Pantoliano. Oh yeah, there. Joey Pants. Yeah. Oh yeah. So put that on um, you know what i'll hold off on my thoughts for the dark knight and we'll i'll talk about it when you bring it up because i'm pretty sure that's soon and yeah. um i'll just say my piece memento I, I had it at number six just a reminder and uh, i'll post our lists up in the youtube description as well um but i i like memento a lot mm -hmm. i don't even think there's anything like to really criticize about it it's just one of those movies where i've seen it enough times where i'm like i've got everything 
out of it for right now. Right. You know, kind of like Reservoir Dogs or something like that too, where it's yeah. like, this is a this is a great movie. This is really well made. I probably don't need to revisit it for a while. Like, yeah. it's done all the work for me now. I'll revisit it down the line and I'm sure I'll keep enjoying it. But there's, I don't have like a lot to say about it beyond that, unfortunately, you know? No, it's fair. I mean, also, you know, I said all the like finer aspects of this film and you also kind of see some of the tropes too in that movie. Mm-hmm. Lives start <laughs> that's depressing but yeah, yeah. it's, it's like a russian nesting doll of dead wives yeah just kind of <laughs> oh wow that's really depressing <laughs> um so our number two and then i'll list off a couple more twitter ones and then we'll discuss our number ones okay so my number two is batman begins and yours is the dark knight oh nice okay so we'll just we can talk about both of these then um batman begins is the film i first saw in a drive-in movie theater so very nostalgic oh, cool. given the state of the world right now <laughs> and uh was the first batman film i was like head over heels in love with i i yeah. saw forever returns yada yada you know i was younger but um i didn't appreciate those until i got older i i thought they yeah. were fun but i you know i didn't get them like i do now yeah and batman and begins I was, oh, now it's, that's just the greatest song ever um and <laughs> Sorry. batman begins i just got like the moment i saw it i was like holy shit movies you know mm-hmm. <laughs> like capital m movies um it's it's lit like blade runner which i really like no. i was just shitting on wally fister a little bit ago but like this and his work in the dark knight trilogy i think is like his best stuff right that, like something about uh, the way nolan pushes him here I, I find really interesting compared to their other collaborations together right gotham has a lot of personality in batman begins that's kind of missing in the later two yeah and uh i'll t- to their defense i will say because i think there's elements of class that those films confront mm-hmm. that batman begins is kind of like the the grungy 90s almost david fincher gotham with like the heavy rain and the smoke and the soot and the trash all over the 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 alleys and streets of gotham and the narrows right i think it's supposed to be like this is what the lower class lives like in gotham right and then the dark knight is like this is where the working class lives mm-hmm. and then the dark knight rises is like everyone comes to play and it all comes crumbling down yeah um and that that doesn't mean it's like a perfect analogy because then it's like you know, it's just Chicago at a certain point. <laughs> right, it is. Yeah, it is just Chicago. Um, but I, I think there, there's more going on there than just Nolan trying to be realistic, I guess, is, is all I'm saying. I, I, I think for these movies, it's okay for Gotham to look like that. God forbid I never want to see this version of Gotham again. I want to see Gotham get weird again now. You know, we have these. Let's let's get weird now so right. fingers crossed for the matt reeves batman but uh the dark knight why did you pick the dark knight as number two yeah the uh dark knight i felt is um i think a game changer in comic book movies um the well i mean just the way people approached it um the amount of oh no not not seriousness because you know that movie <laughs> Sometimes, uh, you know, it's, it's not totally dark and depressing, but just the gravitas that it uh, gives itself as a movie of the mor- 
kind of morality of uh, comic books and kind of like what they represent and um, really examining real world issues that you see that in a comic book movie. So like a comic book, you know, even in the 80s, they weren't just like a, you know, like superhero or like cape shit. You know, you have like God Loves, Man Kills, talking about like racism. You have like Moss, Mouse, I believe. Mm -hmm. Um, The graphic novel or Persopolis talking about real world things. And uh, for The Dark Knight, um, we just really appreciate in terms of its story, just talking about thing, uh, just aspects of... uh, injustice yeah, I mean I guess you know uh, current events that uh, just really plague the world and yeah I think it really made it oh, kind of like give comic book movies something more to aspire to that comic books themselves are we're often doing so yeah um, it's not my favorite of the trilogy obviously I just put that and begins at my number two but yeah. like it's probably the most like compelling thematically because of the yeah. stuff you're talking about you know like like, it's not just that the to- the Joker is a terrorist now right, compared right. to, like, being a career criminal. It's not just that it's more serious with the bomb threats and stuff like that. It's not just those individual things. I think it's a very um, well-thought-out film about the lengths people will go to stop these kinds of things from happening. Mm-hmm. And kind of, like, how... Like, the film doesn't, like make a finite point of this but the joker didn't just literally pop out from nowhere right the joker appeared because batman appeared batman mm-hmm. appeared because because gotham uh bred like uh, corruption or corruption and crime yeah. right it's not the people that are the problem mm-hmm. it's that something is sick in gotham and yeah. it's made these things come it's just, all these ideas about escalation and like how batman cannot lose himself in going after the joker and that's way more interesting than I think a lot of the Dark Knight ripoffs are trying to go for. You know, it's not just that the Joker tricks people into breaking out of uh, uh, the Gotham jail cell, right? It's mm-hmm. not just that he pits two boats against each other to blow each other up. It's really a, a struggle for, like, the soul of Gotham. And I think yeah. in these this trilogy, Gotham's kind of like a stand-in for, like, America <laughs> yeah, in a way. Yeah. And so the fact yeah. that a film that gets known as such like a serious dour affair ultimately ends with like an optimistic message that like, no, these people beat you because they're better than you. Like right. that's really cool. Yeah. I know? mean, there's certainly, uh, you know, so a lot of those scenes are certainly like timeless, like uh, the actor Tony Glister in the, in the ferry that throws away the detonator, you know, that's a, yeah, that's a pretty profound scene. And to say that in like 2008, you know certainly carries a lot of weight mm-hmm. yeah especially now and because like there's obviously like a lot of like racial injustice in america shocker you know that does the day of recording this unfortunately is a day after another police killing and stuff like that and so nolan taking the iconography of a black man in a prison uniform and having him be the most empathetic like he gets the heroic moment at the end like that's a huge statement that I don't think we ever really gave <laughs> Nolan credit for. Right, yeah, because um, uh, the cop was certainly going to blow everyone up. Yeah, the, yeah, and then even the, that one dude who's like clearly like a business desk jockey is like, oh, fine, no one wants to do it, I'll do it. And he's like, I, I, can't, I can't do it. Yeah, because I think can't. Nolan believes, and this is something I definitely believe, that people are not inherently like out to get one another. Yeah. I, I think he is very firmly on the side of like, 
Batman in this. And so, yeah, the Dark Knight rules. Surprise. Shocker, I know. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't have anything nearly as interesting to say about Batman Begins, but it's still my favorite Batman movie because of reasons you've also brought up that like it, it, it got Batman the best. It, it got the empathy the best of the right. character and um yeah because i mean yeah. uh you know uh he's not just like vengeance and what uh just beating people up which is certainly a big part of it but yeah you know the a lot of the stories lend themselves to him just wanting to help people in however way he can yeah and that also solidifies that nolan is in fact a very funny filmmaker you know yeah. there's a moment where um uh, Bruce Wayne, young Bruce Wayne, when he first leaves Gotham, he buys off uh, the coat of a homeless man. And then, you know, however many years later, returns to Gotham, he sees that dude after his big first drug bust, and he just goes, nice coat, and flies away. And it's yeah. Or like, so he's funny. Like a, he's like, excuse me. Yeah. Yeah, because Batman has a dry sense of humor, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Or, yeah. oh my god, and then Michael Caine as Alfred gets like, maybe my favorite comedy moment in any of these films, when uh, he knocks out the the member of the League of Shadows as the mansion's burning, and he's like, I hope you're not a member of the fire brigade. <laughs> like, I don't know. That, yeah. uh, Michael Caine cracks me up in those. Um, I, Batman Begins leaves me on a high. The Dark Knight leaves me with like a lot to think about. And, uh, you know, kind of depends on the day of the week, but Batman Begins will always be my true love. And so I guess uh, I'll, I'll read off a couple more and then our, our num- we know our number one now. We haven't said it yet, but we know it. Um, at Billy Jarrett, Insomnia, The Dark Knight, Dunkirk, Batman Begins, and Dark Knight Rises. I like the Dark Knight Rises love in this. Thank you, yeah. everyone. Uh, Dawson E. Joyce, Interstellar, Dunkirk, Memento, Insomnia, and Inception. And uh, B. Swaff, Brandy Swafford, or uh, Br- Brandon Swafford. Why did she change to Brandy, Brandon? Anyway, so a uh, friend of the show, of course. Memento, Dark Knight, Batman Begins, Inception, and The Prestige. And let's see, let's see what else we got. I'll do one more uh, at the Manish 89. Inception, Dunkirk, Interstellar, Batman Begins, and The Prestige. So thank you everyone for participating in this. There's a lot more of you, and uh, sorry I couldn't get to all of you, but that makes me happy that I can't get to all yeah. of you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. All right, so number one, should we just say it at the same time, Gene? Sure. Yeah. Uh, right. Three, two, one. Inception. Inception, yeah. Um, this is one of the best movies ever made. <laughs> is that yeah. that's not controversial to say? I gave it away. If you're watching this on YouTube, like what my number one is, uh, with my with my background right here, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's the, the Paris dream sequence. Yeah, um, accepting the idea. Yeah, there you go. I accepted you guys. Uh, Gene, why is Inception your number one? The uh, uh, just the 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 filmmaking that went into that movie is just really like amazing to read about. All the techniques that they use, the stairway fight—they're kind of using techniques from 2001: A Space Odyssey to do that, like they did, and you know, the a lot of the space sequences. Um, you know, when the when they're at the cafe and those things pop open, they're using like air pressure. And yeah, it's such a really solid piece of filmmaking and storytelling and the script. Um, it just really 
is subversive and just yeah it's just that ending just still leaves you hanging i mean you could probably figure it out by now but (laughs) you know just a lot to think about after coming out of that theater for the first time it didn't leave you confused i mean you got it but yeah it was just a lot to digest yeah it's a very dense film but i'm glad you said not confusing because i i think people see it and they kind of get a little overwhelmed by the information because it is a lot of information. A I lot. think that's okay to say. You like know? the Matrix, yeah. Yeah, you know, like the Matrix is a very overwhelming movie, and that's another one that also just one of the best movies ever made. Not controversial to say at all. I don't no, think. No. Um, I can't wait for Matrix Four. Um, <laughs> but you get back it, to filming that. I know, I know, but I, I just I want everyone involved with that to be safe so yeah, I, I don't so. care if it takes them five years i will wait i want them Gotta all to be okay protect those precious people yeah protect lana wachowski lily wachowski too but i don't think she's co-directing this film. yeah no no she's not uh yeah i think she just did the story oh okay well yeah. god bless both those sisters then um but inception which also kind of owes a lot to the matrix if we're just talking about like like kind of uh the way they introduce the world, I think, to the audience, it, it's a little similar. I don't, I've seen criticism that it's the same movie. It's, it's, it's really not at all. The Matrix is about self-actualization and identity. Inception is about a man who needs to let go of, of his pain and his dead wife. I know, we all know. <laughs> um, and uh, it's also a heist movie, which The Matrix is not. Like, just on the broadest sense, it is not the same movie. Uh, I think Wally Pfister's work is good here as well. I, I, I There's just no comparison. Van Hoyt I should have saw all of Nolan's stuff beforehand, <laughs> but, but whatever, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love the, the, the rules of the dreams worlds where they're like, because when I first saw it, I was like, I loved it, but I wish the dreams got wackier. And then I watch it again, and I'm like, oh, no, they're explaining that they can't lose control of the dreams. Otherwise, you know, that's what that scene at the cafe is for, because she loses control of the dream like that, and then that just rejects them. Um, the train is, the, is them losing control of the dream. Like, all these little nuggets of information are tucked away in the film to mm-hmm. answer any question you may have about it. And... Um, the, the different layers of the dream, of course, the it's Nolan's fascination with time and um, and scale. This is this is like a huge film, and uh, also has one of the dopest taglines ever. Uh, yeah, like your mind is the scene of the crime, right? Is that it? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's exact good uh, log line there. Yeah, it's really really terrific stuff there, and uh, I think a great counterpoint to uh, the Christopher Nolan criticism that he's very cold. I think at times he can come across that way, but I think calling him that is, is just flat out false. The whole point yeah. of Inception is Nolan directly telling the audience who the character is, his beliefs in movie making, along with the prestige, right? That might make a great double feature, actually. But in Inception, he's, telling, he's not telling you how he's doing it. That's what the prestige is for. In Inception, he's telling you why he wants to do it. And that's to plant, like, emotional investment in you you know and he's telling he literally has characters say like positive emotion triumphs negative emotion every time you know he wants to leave you happy nolan for all like the pomp and circumstance is just a dude who loves action movies Mm -hmm. you know like 
I, I don't think it's like a surprise to say he, I think he's also a Bayham fan. Yeah, you know, like, probably, probably confirmed. And McGruber. And McGruber, yeah. Who doesn't love McGruber? If you don't like McGruber, like, I don't know how we're going to get along. I don't know. There's a new McGruber series. I know. He should direct an episode. Wouldn't that be perfect? <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. I, he, he could do funny. He could do funny. This movie is funny, too. Um, not a lot of people bring this up anymore, but, you know, like Tom Hardy and uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's characters kind of have, like, this fun banter mm-hmm. back and forth. And um, I think back in the Tumblr days, there was a lot of, like, slash fiction about them. <laughs> not my cup of tea, but, like, I just thought that was, like, that really goes to show just how deep the fandom went for this movie. And um, it's, it's just not something you see a lot nowadays. And it's kind of amazing that uh, this is only, like, Nolan's, like, what, like, fifth movie at that point? Like, sixth movie? Mm-hmm. Right, so he, it's huge. It's one of the biggest movies ever made, and um, it's it's just terrific. I uh, I love it with all my heart, and I hope there's never a sequel. I hope not. I, I guess there there could be, but I just it's such a perfect beast of a movie that I don't even know how you touch it. I don't think Nolan will ever top it for me, and that's totally fine because you you don't need to. This is it. This is the Christopher Nolan movie for me. That's all I have to say about Inception, Gene. What about you? No, I'll just uh, I'll, uh, completely agree. <laughs> all right. Uh, what about Doodlebug? Have you seen Doodlebug? Yeah, I've, uh, I like Doodlebug. It's, uh, it's cute. It's nice. Yeah, it's yeah. cute. To do that like, in the 90s, I guess. Yeah, I think he did it like a couple years before uh, Following. Yeah. We didn't talk about of... Following, really. No, not really. Um, I really... Excuse me. Mm-hmm. I'm yawning. Um, I really enjoyed that... <laughs> I really enjoyed that because uh, as an independent filmmaker, I think he did a really good job. Like he probably had a, like a thousand pounds. I don't know. He had nothing, no money to make a functioning movie like that. Good for him. I think the budget is officially listed at like $6,000, like yeah. a U.S. American dollars. And um, I'm, I don't know what that is in pounds. I'm not, I barely pass math. Don't <laughs> ask me. Anything. Yeah. But um, yeah, that that's incredible that he he mounted that production. And it looks like, like a legit movie. It does not look cheap. He's, you know, he shot it on like the black and white 16 millimeter film stock and it looks really good. I, I love, I mean, he's a cinematographer for it as well because when you have that low budget, you just kind of have to do whatever you can yeah. to get it made. <laughs> yeah. Um, I really, I appreciate it more than I enjoy it. I think it's funny that it's my least favorite of his. Almost specifically because the lead actor who plays Cobb, or I guess the co-lead who plays Cobb is like, I, I, I do not think he's, he was good. I mean, it's a low budget film, so I yeah. don't want to be hard, you know, like right, right. different qualities of life basically. And then Inception, which also stars uh, an actor playing someone named Cobb is my favorite. So it's like, Oh, I got Nolan full circle there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, everyone watch Doodlebug. That's the message I want to leave off with today. Yeah. I was going to say the Quay Brothers documentary is okay. I did a documentary on the puppeteers. Oh, okay. Should I, should I watch it? Is yeah. it on YouTube? Uh, I don't know if it's on YouTube. I just know it was on a DVD. What they were saying. Could try to track it down on Amazon. I don't know. I'm not made of money, but maybe. Yeah. Maybe we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. But um, yeah, th- that is our ranked listing of the Christopher Nolan films. I think that was pretty fun. Thank you for joining me today. Yeah. 
Uh, where can the people find you? Find me on Twitter and Instagram, Gene9892. And you can follow me at the Diego Crespo on Twitter. Check out the Waffle Press on YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, and Patreon, where you're listening to this episode early if you're on there already. And you will probably get, well, this will be released like a week from the day of recording. And I believe you'll be getting a little sneak peek of the Avatar retrospective. So stay tuned for that. That's exciting. There you go. Uh, So thank you so much for listening. Thanks for watching. Stay safe out there. We have been professionally unprofessional.